Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I am Doug. And I'm the one that's known as Justin. This week, we have a return guest. We have another Mind Gap podcast all-star joining us. And I want Justin to introduce you because I'm just not confident about saying your last name. I know I've heard it a lot of times, but I don't want to fuck it up. So, Justin, would you like to introduce our guest? I would absolutely adore to. Uh, I would adore to. And uh, I'm not 100% sure I won't fuck up the pronunciation, even though I know what it should be. So... Ladies and gentlemen, from Smoost Entertainment, you've enjoyed his films, you've enjoyed his face, now enjoy his voice. Please welcome Mr. Adam Smeestay! Yes, hi everybody, thank you very much. And you did a good job with the last name. Thank you. Yay! See, that's what I was like, I, 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 was, I was outside tonight, I was smoking some burgers, because that's what I do. And he, he as breaks I'm, them up, puts them in rolling paper, lights them, and just goes to town. You know, you'd be surprised oh. how much it puts your body at ease. You know, it's good for your heart. It's good for your heart. Right. And as a I was, cardiologist won't tell you that eating mm-hmm. burgers, not great. Smoking burgers, shockingly good for you. Different story. Same right. hole di- goes to the diff- different place. You know what I mean? That's true. It's yeah, molecularly exactly. changed. Mm-hmm. Burgers in the lungs, great. Mm-hmm. Burgers belly yeah burgers in the bloodstream not okay if you've Uh, learned one thing this podcast i hope it's that yeah 100 percent uh suffer from burger lung that's right (laughs) slotty my dad died from burger lung you son of a bitch Uh, (coughs) sorry i got burger lung (laughs) but as i was uh smoking some meat i was uh just sitting there going adam's on the podcast how do you say his name again? And I was just sitting there like going over and over again. Yeah. I'm just going to punt that to Justin. I'm not even going to try because I've heard Here's- it. I know what it is in my brain. It's there, but I'm like, it's not going to come out right. And I don't like mispronouncing people's names. Here's the thing that I love the most about how that intro went is that you didn't even try to pretend it was, it was the most honest and like real, just here's the thing. Not going to happen. Justin to you. And I think I think our listeners respect that. I think after, you know, 275 yeah. going on 276 episodes, I think I I think I can be a little more honest now. You know, I think I finally hit that that mark. Now yeah, you guys do good. I'll take anything that's not Smith. I mean, Smith <laughs> is just I'm trying. So you're what is yeah. what is the worst pronunciation you've heard of your name? Smith. Seriously, I, I've got I just say Smith. Like, I don't even try. Yeah. I get that maybe you don't know how to pronounce my last name, but you know how to spell Smith. You th- here's, here's what came to oh. my mind. Someone's like, they hold out a roster. They're like, all right, uh, Justin Strandland. Okay, that one just rolls off the tongue. Doug Cotrain? No? Okay, whatever. And they look at yours. They're like, I think something happened with the printer. I think this was supposed to say Smith. 
Someone, someone yeah, sneezed while like, typing the name. That's got to say Smith. There's no way. <laughs> Anyone's name is Smeestad. Kyle Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer just them going Adam Smith and then just looking. Yeah. Like that's better than, than Smith. But yeah. That's, yeah, I get that. Whatever. Smith. <laughs> like Smith. Smith? You're right though. That's yeah. that is just for lack of trying. Like that is not Absolutely. even you, you, you've stopped, you've given up on reading if you're yeah, pronouncing it Smith. It yeah. Phoning yeah. it in. Well, we're excited <laughs> yeah. to have you here. We have some good say... stuff to talk about. Can't wait to I can't wait to dive into our topics for tonight and also talk a little bit about your film projects as well as the quarantine files. But before we do that, a little bit of housekeeping. As always, you guys know we're on Spotify. Be, f- be sure to check us out there as well as any other place you find your podcasts. Uh, but definitely check us out on Spotify. Don't know why I struggle with that word all of a sudden. Also, join us in our Discord server. If you don't know where to find it, head over to twitch.tv slash podcast. In our channel, there's a little box that says Discord. Just click on the box. It'll bring you right over to our Discord server. We have an awesome community there. And uh, we hang out. We shoot the shit. Today, Slotty was posting his lies of pictures of what looked like cinnamon rolls, but he said they were cookies. We have people debating on whether or not the Star Wars movies are good. We're trying to find groups to play games. We're setting up D&D one-shots. Like, we have a really good time. Come hang out with us. Um, and just, you know, enjoy yourself. It's a good time. So that's our Discord server. Find it at twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and look for the little Discord box. Come hang out with us. Uh, we also have some new MindGap merch. Unfortunately, only one piece is new. The other one, still a work in progress. That's a story for a different time as I punch a hole in the wall. But we have a MindGap hoodie that's available. You can find that at teespring.com slash stores slash the number two, the letter E, and the number eight. Go pick up that hoodie now. I think they might be a little undersupplied as far as sizes go. I think they used to have smalls and mediums that are left right now. But keep an eye on that. If you want to pick up a nice, cozy hoodie with the MindGap logo on it, we would very much appreciate that. Also, if you don't know. It looks good. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I've also heard my wife has purchased a 2 East 8th one, and she says it is incredibly cozy. So I believe believe that woman most of the time. Um, we also have a video game stream every Saturday, 8 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. And gang, we had a hell of a game last Saturday. Adam, are you much of a gamer? Uh, yes. I'm old, more old school, but yeah. Same. Are you familiar with the game Among Us? It's kind of been blowing up a lot lately. Yes. You play? Yes. I have not played it, but I've heard and I've seen, I've watched the streamings of it. And it is, it is something I'm interested in. It is wild. We played uh, a newer, I guess you could call it like, it's sort of an unofficial mode of it. The way it's typically played is you have a bunch of crewmates. They're on a spaceship or a, a base and they're trying to fix stuff. But mingled in there is anywhere between one and three imposters who are trying to murder everyone discreetly. Uh, and you're trying to suss out who the bad guy is, and the bad guys are just trying to murder everybody. Well, in this game mode, what we did instead was we adjusted the rules where there was one imposter, and the imposter's job was purely to run around and kill people as fast as they could. And the crewmates, same thing. They want to try and fix everything, but they know there basically is no stopping to say, hey, I found a dead body. You just have to go as fast as you can before you get killed, and you reduce visibility, and it was 
an insanely fun time. Like it was super intense and it was, it was really, really fun. It was really, really, that's, really. I didn't know time. you could change the, the rules like that. That's it, actually, that's, that's yeah. Cool. It's more of a player generated thing because the game blew up and I think people got kind of tired of just the same stuff. So like, what else can we do? And someone's like, I have an idea so you can adjust like different settings and things like that. And they're like, new game. This is what we're going to do. And it's surprisingly fun. It's really, really cool. We had a really good time. It was just a straight murder fest. And um, and then we ended up playing the game normally at the end. We played four games. And I was an imposter all four games, which was super fucking stressful. I'm bad hey. as the imposter. So it wasn't it wasn't great. I almost got away with it on one that, of them. You got to play that deceit card, and it's not, it's not a natural thing for a lot of people. I don't like lying. And, and again, yeah. once again, Slotty and I were teamed up as imposters. And once again, terrible combo, the two of us. Terrible combo. <laughs> he got busted immediately. And I was by myself. And I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to pull this off. <laughs> and I didn't. Spoiler alert. I didn't pull it off. <laughs> Got close, but didn't make it happen. So anyway. I do want to check I do want to check it out. Well, it, it's definitely good. It's free to play on the phone, which is great. It's five bucks on Steam. So it's, it's definitely worth trying out. But all that was last Saturday. This Saturday is Jackbox Games. Are you familiar with Jackbox Games? I love Jackbox Games. Quit, uh, was it Quit, uh, Quibbit? Quibbit. Uh, I can't Quiplash? I Quiplash. Oh, I love that thing. That is so fun. Well, Adam, I'm going to go ahead and extend the offer now. If you'd like to join us, we have a game this Saturday at 8 p.m. Come hang out. Come for a couple rounds. You have to stay the whole time. Oh. Come hang out with us. We're going to play. I've got uh, Jackbox 7, Jackbox 5, Jackbox 3. So I think I have Jackbox 6. So I've got a whole bunch of them. We'll figure out what we want to play. We'll have ourselves a grand. I mean, Joke Boat's a popular one, too. Making bad jokes. Always inappropriate. I have seen that one. I, did, oh. I, I know Quiplash and Murder Party. Yep. I think those are the primary two I played. Yep. Yeah, all right. I'm in. We're also going to be extending the invitation out to a couple. The goal was, after we had a slew of guests from the Quarantine Files, we wanted to see if we could get a Quarantine Files-themed uh, game night going on uh, on one Saturday. So if you're if you're in, we're going to be extending the uh, invitation out to a couple other folks from the Quarantine Files and seeing if we can get a bunch of those actors to play with us on Saturday. Yeah. That would be fantastic. I did Ashlyn clean up the blood is what I want. <laughs> we'll find out on Saturday. <laughs> there will be more blood after Saturday. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be My this. Son! Sa- <laughs> this will be this Saturday, 8 p.m. Central time. Twitch.tv slash MindGap podcast. Come hang out. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We haven't played Jackbox in a while. So it's the easiest. And I just love that. It's just always a silly good time. So and inevitably we say inappropriate things so i mean i played a game called uh, tko where you have to design t-shirts and you can actually purchase the t-shirts in the game and we had the arrangement that whatever t-shirt won someone was gonna buy it for me and i had to wear it on the stream and it was a beautiful picture of a cat and underneath it it said come on my face and they bought it for me it arrived in my house and i wore it on the stream so and it is now the shirt his daughter sleeps in at night. They also sent me two other ones, which I'm like, I can't wear these around the house, guys. One of them says, it's a picture of my face. It says, Doug will do anything for 50 bucks, which isn't as bad. And then there's another one that just has a bunch of dicks. This just says, I'm a little teapot. It's a dick pointing down to my face. And I'm like, I can't wear that around you. I can't even wear that to mow the lawn, guys. You know that, right? <laughs> uh, I can't. I used to have a coach in high school said, I can't means I won't. 
Yeah, that's too, that you sounds can. like that guy sounds like uh, yeah. that guy sounds like a, an, a. Never mind. Wait, what? What, what do you mean? <laughs> sounds like a sexual offender is what it sounds like to me. So how, what? No, he no, he gave the best back rubs. He couldn't have been a sexual offender, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. He put you at ease. Yeah. He would his look. Van, he would. His van had one window in the back. Right, exactly. Like he would after practice, he'd be like, "Look, just come out to my van, all right? Uh, one window in the back, uh, one entrance in the back. Uh, that's all you need. It's Mr. an entrance J- and an exit." Uh, Brad, I just, I just want to go home. I don't want to lay on the mattress. What happened? <laughs> transition. <laughs> Is that the new transition sound effect? Sure. It can't be that. Can't when be that. you hear this sound, turn the page. <laughs> I would read that audiobook. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Adam, as we mentioned, uh, if you've watched any of the quarantine files, Adam was part of the creative team. He was part of one of the actors in there as well. Uh, we're very, very lucky to have you on here. Tell us what it was like writing, making, acting, all the, everything about the quarantine files. That, it came together easier than we thought. Uh, I mean, the whole basis of it was supposed to be about, um, you know, just how difficult it's going to be to try to make content while everybody's stuck in their house and nobody can get together. I mean, normally you go to, you, even if you make a short film, a little short indie film, I mean, we're still talking about a, a crew of at least five, six people. You know, uh, people are doubling up, but I mean, you got to have somebody manning camera, you got to have a DP, you got to have a director, you got to have a writer, you got to have, you got to have an actor, you got to have lighting, crafty, whatever. Um, but we were, a, I just, I don't, it, but through I think the experience of Justin here and. And uh, our co-producer Drew Dull, it just it was amazing. They were able to, we were able to pull it together, like directing from this chair, and, and you know, people uh, remotely across the country, across the state, were able to. Uh, we had great talent, great actors. They were able to pull it together. It was very, very, very impressive. Uh, we were able to pull it together, and um, they were, the episodes were fun. Writing those things, we I mean, hell, we shot them. Yeah, I think yeah, each episode what, was the longest one it took to film was. I think four three, hours? four hours. Yeah. 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 No, they were great. My mom loved them. My mom told us that that Justin, <laughs> Drew, and I have great chemistry. Justin loves us. Uh, my mom told me that uh, Justin, Drew, and I have great chemistry. We're like the judges on the Voice. <laughs> Amen. That's high praise. Like, that's that's high praise. <laughs> extremely high praise. And also. I call Gwen Stefani. Just Fine, I'll get Blake. And I'll be default. Who does the voice? Is it Blake? Is it Blake Shelton? I don't know. Right. Blake's been Adam the only Levine. constant. Uh, I think right now it's uh, Gwen Stefani, Kelly Clarkson, and John Legend. But they've had a whole bunch of people cycle through. I call dibs on Michael Bublé. Done. Michael Michael Bublé. Michael, Michael Bubbly. Bubbly. Drew is a slotty in the in the chat. <laughs> of course he's... Goes, Drew is Drew is a total Kelly Clarkson. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. It reminds me of one of those oh, Vine videos cool. we made years yep. ago where we were Absolutely. blasting Kelly Clarkson, you know, 
I forgot Friday. about that. Big Kelly Clarkson Friday. On, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun to make. It was a, it was a completely different filmmaking experience. Um, it was, it was hard to conceptualize, but once we started cooking on them, like the production got easier and easier. Drew had the hardest part because he edited all of those. And yeah. so he, he kept saying, he's like, if we do any more of these, we have to shoot them differently. Cause it was like editing four films every time. <laughs> he's like, cause you had to edit each camera feed separately. And he's like, I, that was too much. That sounds like he a did, lot. He did a phenomenal job. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was seamless. We'd, he'd show us, you know, what he'd call the rough cuts, you know, to take a look at it. And they were beautiful. I don't think yeah. we had any, any, they were like, no, no, they were great. They were all fantastic. You did a great, 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 great job. Yeah. Awesome. He was actually um, in the chat and he says, oh, that's the mm-hmm. nicest thing you've ever said to me. I don't know if that was to Adam or to Slotty, but the Kelly was, Clarkson thing. I think it was to me. You're welcome, Drew. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, the Kelly Clarkson comment. It has to be, right? Or or Doug claiming Michael Bublé. That was mm-hmm. the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to Drew. I think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the true. other thing that you, uh, you may or may not uh, have seen that Adam has made is a short film called Six Months in 2063. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a little bragging for Adam. Uh, it just it was just in the Chicago International Real Shorts Film Festival. And Adam won not only Best Sci-Fi Action Horror Short, but he also won Best in Fest. You goddamn yep, right. So his Ta-da. short film won Best in <laughs> One best in fest. That is, I mean, a huge congratulations. Yes, to you, man. man. That Seriously. Is that's phenomenal. There, Actually, I remember a, last time you were on, load. you were, a, you were, you were, I think you were getting funding for it. You were asking for people to fund the, the production. So that was, yeah. Was, yeah. It was not too yeah, long no, ago. It'd been in, uh, yeah. It, 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 a long, a long time coming and uh, it came together. We had, uh, again, it's, it's one of those, if you can't make a film or any of these processes without a lot of people, who are talented and, and, and can really contribute it not to sound cliche, but it, it truly is a, a, a contribution from everybody. It's, yeah. it's a big thing. And, and, and it really, it came together just amazingly based on, I mean, we had a, an amazing DP, Rosalia Gonzalez. She's a phenomenal talent. We had you know, amazing actors. It just, everything was great. And it, 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 it really, I was very proud of it. And uh, I had been checking my uh, my emails incessantly since voting and since the festival had uh, had closed judging on Saturday. And about five minutes before we came on for the podcast, I got the email, and so I'm I'm having a good time. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> great man! So. Very happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. If uh, I mean, if you were to go on, you can still catch it. It's uh, Project. Uh, I think it's called Project Chicago. Dot com. Uh, I'm just logging on here. Yeah. Projectchicago.com. I think for nine bucks, you can get a pass to watch all of the, um, all the films. To, and they're, the they're films. still up till December 14th. I believe there's some yes. really, 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 really good ones. There, there really are. And this is not just like filmmakers kind of stroking each other. There are legitimately some f- fucking really good films, uh, in, in this one. And, the thing is, too, Adam, a, a a ton of them. Like in your in yours alone, in the uh, I'm just scrolling down. Uh, the sci-fi action and horror. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
out of nine films, you won best there. And there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six categories, nine films in each category. And out of that, you won best in fest. That's a huge, I, I want to make sure our audience understands what an honor that is. And how I want our audience to understand math. Okay. Right. You take <laughs> nine <laughs> times Did you notice six. how I didn't actually do the calculations? I just said right. six categories and nine films in each. You do the math. Fuckers. You're number one out of all of those. Out of all those. That's easily <laughs> 10,000 movies. Yes. <laughs> it's between seven and 10,000 and you won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great uh, honor man yeah um thank you, thank you very much. project chicago thank check it out much. and uh you can check his out one more time that is six months in 2063 and uh it's it's definitely worth the watch so speaking yes. of movies that are worth a watch did you guys I, hear I, I, i'll say this if this movie was in this film festival adam you might have lost yeah i'm just saying and it this guy well, no, obviously not that. You would have beat that one. <laughs> have you heard about Warner Brothers putting all of their movies onto HBO oh, Max for 2021? Sorry, I thought we were starting with a different one. Never mind. Uh, no. Uh, oh, I mean, you know what? That's actually, we should probably do that one real quick. You're probably right. We, we thought, because we had talked about leading in with that one just to get us uh, warmed up. Yeah, let's do that. So, Adam. If this movie was in the film fest, you would have lost. I'm sorry. Don't yeah. tell them oh, what they want. If you guys hands don't down. know, uh, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken is once again doing an amazing partnership, this time not with Crocs, but with the Lifetime Movie Network for and and Mario Lopez. Oh, my God. To make a movie called A Recipe for Seduction, where Mario no, Lopez plays... Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I always Look, felt that he played AC Slater with a bit of a Kentucky vibe. Yeah, there's no Kentucky so accent so- in this at all. None. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for this, Adam? Oh my god, there's a torture scene. Yes, yes, there's there like is. A torture scene. It's like uh, it's like it's like everything. It's like it, it's romance. It's got romance. It's got. Right? Chicken, it's got, you know, like a bond. It, it's a very. It's got cuck holding. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's got intrigue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's it got, I think, like one line from Mario Lopez like in the entire the one minute and 12 second tra- like teaser, which feels like five minutes. But he's like, yeah, I'm the new chef, Colonel Sanders. Like, that's this whole line. I'm like, what? What is this? Adam, what were you saying? I said it rem- like the, the torture scene I was watching. It, it reminds me of that torture scene from uh, Quantum of Solace with the, with the nut. Yes, yes, yeah. It was yeah, like it is, it, or not? Quantum, was it Quantum? Yeah, it was Quantum. Yeah, I think it was Quantum. Yeah, yeah. it's like that meets oh. Reservoir Dogs, where his ear gets cut off. Like it's a it's, little bit of you know. Yeah, it is. I've got to see it. Well, I mean, I, if I remember Doug, correctly, I like, it premieres. <laughs> Go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry. I would like you, if you could, can you pull up uh, either the, the Wikipedia or IMDb or something? Can you just describe the plot to us? Oh, well, I would love to. Stand by. And you're right. It, it premieres very soon. If I'm not mistaken, I think it comes out on December 13th. Yep. Yep. So make sure. Movie, so I think it's only 15 minutes long. 
It's only for, so it would have qualified for the film fest. That is what you're saying. I might not be. I might be wrong on 15 minutes. But I know it's a mini movie, which because they're setting up for a sequel. Oh God! Please, please tell me there's and we're we're we're. <laughs> Here's then, the thing: then it's not on IMDb. It's not on IMDb, guys. Uh, Check so, the Library of Congress. Uh, it's very <laughs> highbrow. <laughs> Well, there's as Doug's looking this up, uh, The Ringer uh, had 43 pressing questions about a recipe for seduction, Lifetime's KFC movie. It's just even hard to say those words out loud. But uh, one of the, the best questions I think they put out there, and I didn't know I needed this until they brought it up, was are those combination KFC Pizza Hut Taco Bell restaurants just the source material for an epic Infinity War style finale? And I would adore that. Straight oh, I up. Hope so. oh, I and hope if we so. could, see can we Taco throw Bell in? One. Can we throw in Popeyes? Maybe Chick Fil A too. Like, let's just get all the players in there. One of my favorite thing is the top things in the searches. People ask: Is a recipe for seduction KFC real? Right. Because when you watch it, it plays like an Onion movie trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It says well, Lifetime when, confirmed to NBC News on Monday that the project is real and that a recipe for seduction is the channel's first custom branded content. I think it also says, uh, what was something here? So it that's said it, it's basically an ad. It almost sounds like it's a 15 minute ad is what it is. That's gross. Uh, that's gross. I, I do want to see the Taco Bell version though. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. I feel like I would really connect with that one. Think outside the bun. Couple of great headlines here. One from Eater. It says the Lifetime KFC mini movie has left me exhausted by brands. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. And the other one from uh, AL Lifetime KFC movie. No one asked for the steamy recipe for seduction, but here it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one if had you- to. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing us a favor, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you guys had yeah. to choose uh, a a fast food restaurant to to make a movie based on like what, using that restaurant as source material, what would your movie be? What restaurant would you a, choose? Is this a romance or can it be any genre? It can be any genre. Period. And you have to film it in the quarantine. Go. <laughs> I would watch a pair up of Nicolas Cage's character from National Treasure and the Hamburglar. <laughs> and they're breaking in to steal the recipe for the secret sauce for Big Mac. I'm into it. I don't know what I'm, you would call that, but that right. would be... Yeah. Hmm. Yes. I just want to call it Robbing got. the King, but that's like that's <laughs> a little on the nose. But... Uh, I, I, for me, it's a combination. I want to do something like Long John Silver's and Jaws, sort of like it seems like something there. There, or it's like a team up with the Meg, you know, the movie, the sequel. Jervis's McTreasure Hunters. There it is. There it is. See, yeah. you just got to source it out to the audience. That's all it is. Um, the only oh. thing that'll kill it is popcorn shrimp. <laughs> The only mine mine would be uh mine would be an atomic blonde style movie like a a, a female forward action movie starring Wendy there from Wendy's nice like hands down where she's got a she's got to rescue her uncle Dave 
Or you know, dead we'll Uncle Dave. <laughs> we'll bring him back. Yeah. The dead. But no, here's Our... the thing. At the middle of the movie, the climax, he dies, and she has to now she has to avenge him. And that's that's what motivates her. That's what drives her forward. Slotty has a good one. I think you redo Mamma Mia, but the entire film is inside an olive garden. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Slotty wins this one. Uh, of course. I was actually I was just thinking you do Groundhog Day, but with Olive Garden's never-ending soup and salad. <laughs> Every day is the same. It's always there. <laughs> yes. Oh, More guys. Breadstick? Yeah. Can we please? <laughs> someone needs to start. Someone start. Just tuck into this script. Turn the episode off, someone, and just start writing right now. Please. Yeah, right? I'm begging you. This is, we need this in our lives. And yes, you're right. Jervis says Chef Mike would have a cameo in the Wendy's film. Without a, Without doubt. a doubt. He would play the love interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he would. Uh, I mean, needless to say, I am. Uh, I mean, a part of this is pretty silly. And I can appreciate that, you know, the silliness factor behind it. But sure. at the same time, it's just like, this is also gross. Yeah, it it yeah. it just seems like a, an empty shill to me. Yeah. I'm curious how serious it takes itself. I mean, considering I mean, it doesn't seem like it's really taking itself that serious. And I mean, let's face it. Everyone's talking about it right now. So I it's think working. it's working. So, right. I mean, we've conservatively spent 10 to 15 minutes on it. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I just do a quick search for this. It's like all these different places have written articles about it. Like, because it's so out there and absurd, you know, like it's, 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 I don't know. It's, I don't know. And, I appreciate it, but it's like, of all things to combine, Lifetime and KFC. It's like, (laughs) all right. Uh, Did Mario Lopez audition for that role? I don't think Mario Lopez has to audition. (laughs) I think think he just says, I'm doing this, and he walks in and sits down on a seat backwards and goes, let me tell you how this is going to go. All right? I'm going to rap with you, kids. (laughs) (laughs) He's a busy man, though. That's the thing. He's got the Saved by the Bell reboot. You know, he's got this. Yeah. He's got his restaurant in New York that's going to be just tasty. Mario's Tortas Lopez. He's got his own podcast. You know, he's on E or whatever he's on. Access Hollywood. Access, whatever. It's the same shit to me. (laughs) It's all the same shit to me. Amen, brother. Yeah. All the same. So, yeah. Good for you, sir. Good for you. That's awesome. I think it, yeah. Congratulations, Mario. That's uh, broadening that. Acting base. What? Sure. This I feel I feel <laughs> I feel like this is still like him. Like I'm gonna nail this acting thing. I'm gonna figure it out sooner or later. I'm gonna figure this out. Well, what I loved is I'm one of the show questions. I got range. What was one I'm gonna the, show? What? I got range. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was it? It's like it, they said. Is this is this Mario Lopez at his best or his at his rock bottom? Like which is it? <laughs> <laughs> He's either peaked. Or yeah. he's plummeted. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Whatever it is. I gotta say, I gotta give him. I gotta give him credit because it's he. I mean, Mario Lopez is obviously not a what you would picture. He's not a typecast as this type of guy, but he's going out there, and it's gonna be. I mean, everybody's gonna be talking about that's going to be one of the biggest things we're talking about is the casting of Mario Lopez as this old white Southern plantation owner that made chicken. Uh, right. so good for him for sticking his neck out and doing that. I give him credit for that. That's a, that's a, that's a ballsy move 
All right, Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think whether the, it pays the, off or not. The thing that sticks out the most for me is that Mario Lopez blatantly does not eat fried chicken. Yeah. Like you can't convince me he created a recipe. This, this is horror to me. Good for him for sticking his neck out. I don't buy it. I can't suspend my disbelief. He doesn't have the body of someone who created a, re- a fried chicken recipe. Wow, yeah. that's a, those are great. That's a great abs you got there. Yep, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I pray to God that's a line in that movie. Yep, Did you get chicken. a screener? I feel like you got a screener. That's yeah. The yeah. the guy the guy with the six pack is the same guy that gave you that sandwich where it's what two chicken breasts is the bun. <laughs> The right. double down. The double down. <laughs> the double. <laughs> instead of a bun, hear me out. Fried chicken, and instead of chicken inside, hear me out. Cheese and bacon. Huh? Huh? Mario. I only Lopez. had a. I only had a four pack before, but then I replaced the bun because carbs. Right. <laughs> this is lean protein. <laughs> Before that was the bowl, right? Hey, are you tired of eating chicken with your hands? Well, guess what? We're going to put it all in a bowl with some gravy on it, and you're good. Eat it. Eat the slop, you monster. You know? I think this is why your fast food restaurant failed. Those slogans. Eat it. (laughs) Eat the slop. That reminds me. uh, I think it was, was it Justin, was it you or was it Slotty who sent us like the, the the commercial or like the marketing stuff for what was the this the camp racks what was the name of the place i cannot remember what it was but yeah it was like an east coast fast food thing that just had like historically the worst marketing campaign drove themselves into the ground yeah at one point their slogan was whatever racks uh you can eat here yep it was legitimately <laughs> their like the physical act of eating is possible hey, inside these walls. You can consume calories here at this place. Come on by. Come on by. I just thought that was one of the funniest things I'd ever. It's like, hey, Pizza Hut, you can eat here. It's like, yeah. It'd be funny if like that was like a state-run thing. Your slogans have to make sense with what your business is. It's like Super 8, you can sleep here. You can die here. Super 8, get chlamydia. Yeah, right? It's like it's hospital. Really you could get blood here. Like just, you know, <laughs> whatever you want it to be. <laughs> so everyone knows. <laughs> oh man. Four seasons. You can landscape here. Perfect. It's funny, huh? My brain went there too. Your- and I was like, what's he going to do? Yep. Do? You can have your press conference here. You can have your press conference here. <laughs> I, the big question for me is, are is HBO Max going to release this movie? Transition. There we go. Um, I would, yeah. So, as I alluded to earlier, very just it's such a tease. HBO and Warner Brothers are teaming up to uh, Warner Brothers. Very abruptly, was like we're releasing seventeen movies on HBO Max in twenty twenty one. Much to everyone in the industry, shock and mostly to anger from the industry. Much to their chagrin, yes, if you will. Um, and it was interesting to me because, like, you got Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four that's coming out very soon. Um, some of these other movies have, you know, Mulan came out on Disney Plus uh, earlier in the year. Um, but the idea of just being like straight up, like we're all in, man. We're doing full streaming, and if Stuff comes back for theaters. It's going to be released the same day. 
and the theaters right. says it's going to be online so everyone can watch this. Um, what were your guys' reactions to this initially? Like, or, I mean, even you know, right now, like, what do you think? What do you think about the plan? I mean, I kind of always thought that the I always thought the streaming thing was a it's a temporary thing. Like, I loved going to theaters. It was such a it was an experience. Um, I mean, there there are movies that you have to see in theaters. Um, a Quiet Place was one of them. Tenant. You can't watch it at home. Tenant. Yeah, you can't. You can't watch it. I, I remember seeing signs in theaters, and I thought it was the greatest movie in the world. I mean, everybody in the audience was reacting at the same time. It was epic. And then, like coming home and watching it, it loses something. And then, um, so yeah, I understand. And the pan- pandemic came around, and obviously, we can't do these things for a while. But it's still experience. And then now, you know, they're, they're doing this and, and I get it. You, you want to be able to watch movies. You want to be able to see these things. They've got, I mean, I, I, they finished Wonder Woman 1984. I, I don't remember when they finished it, but a while ago and they're just sitting on it. They can't just sit on it until the pandemic goes around. Get it out right. there. I get it. But then now to make that the new business plan is eh, you're going to lose something. You're going to lose that, that mm. bit. And obviously if you don't have a subscription to HBO Max, you know, you can go to the theaters and go watch it, but yeah, you know, you're you're going to run into that position where I feel like I am in, and I feel like a lot of people are, where you're like, well, I could go have the experience, or I could not leave home. You know, it's the it's the ever battle of yeah. laziness versus you know, living life, and I think it's it's going to be a problem. Plus, the bigger issue is that AT and T owns both. Warner Brothers and HBO Max, and then you know the issue that people are talking about is they also own your you know a lot of ISPs, so it's kind of a that's the monopoly issue. I think it's going to be a bigger problem than anything else. Yeah, I think I think the um, it, the 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 day and date model. I, I I've I it, it's it's interesting that the the uh, prior to the pandemic, it was one of those things where. It was seldom touched, re- releasing it on streaming the same day that you're releasing it in the theater. A lot of people were like, and only a very select few. It was almost like when things used to go straight to video. You know, people were just like, yeah, well, sure, we'll give it a limited you know, run in the theater, but it's going to kind of go to streaming. And it was it was kind of where you hid your movies, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic. And and I think now, to your point, Adam, a lot of what people are looking for is they've got this backlog of stuff that is it had gotten shot over the pandemic. They had people who were working on it nutting, and now you're just sitting or in some of it was already shot and edited and they were just waiting for the release date. And now they're just sitting on these, this pile of, you know, intellectual property who they're like, well, eventually we need to get this shit out because we've been promising people and we need to start making some sort of money. Uh, I think what's interesting too, is I was listening to a podcast called the business uh, where they talk about, more of the business side of the film industry and the two the two hosts brought up a really interesting point about HBO Max and they had said that uh HBO Max has yet to have its tentpole thing to that's tentpole show or its tentpole uh offering that kind of solidifies it in the industry and also justifies the $15 a month price tag you know Netflix has planted its flag with House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Stranger Things. It's had this run of shows 
And now films that have really solidified it. Hulu has had The Handmaid's Tale and Prime has had Jack Ryan and a few other ones. And HBO Max is still struggling to find that. They've they've put a few things out, but nothing has really like staked their claim in the world of streaming like they thought they were going to. And so what they were positing is this is kind of HBO's last chance with Wonder Woman. They're like, this is this is their all-in moment. And so they don't go the way of Quibi, basically, where they've got to try to get a hit. And the the way that they're seeing that they're able to do that is they've got these intellectual properties, uh, these huge movies that people want to see. And they're like, fuck it. Let's just do day and date and let's put them on HBO Max and we'll have people come to us. And, you know, it's it's put it's um the people who are doing the free subscriptions aren't going to get uh, to see those things. So you've got to pay for a subscription. So in the short term, I'd say within the year, it's a great model. But I don't know how you sustain that going forward because there's only so many subscriptions you're going to get. Right. Eventually, you're going to need to go above and beyond like you can't. Are you going to have to start doing like what Disney Plus did where you're selling the subscription to Disney Plus? on top of that $30 for Mulan, you know, like, like you're buying a movie mm-hmm. ticket. I'm wondering like, where is this, how long does this sustain until you need to go to a whole different model? You know? I think that's yeah. a good I, point. I, go ahead, Adam. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I wonder with, well, to that point, it was actually an angle I hadn't thought about it, but so if that's what they're trying to do, if this is going to be, as you call it, the tent bowl to try to get people to come in and, and subscribe, would you subscribe to whatever it is, $15 a month because they have a movie that you want to see? You see the movie once, are you going to want to continue to keep in that $15 a month? Or everything you've listed with Netflix and with Amazon Prime and with Hulu, those are series. You've got a a Handmaid's Tale. You know, you've got series. You you you, You can pay the subscription fee you know, you're going to see several hours of, of, of that content, that show. Uh, Netflix had Stranger Things, had, had House Cards, all that, uh, Orange in the Black. You're going to see several hours of that new show, plus all these other movies. Are you going to pay, are, you, are people going to want to pay a, subscri- a monthly subscription fee to see Wonder Woman 1984 and Dune and, and whatever, uh, <clears throat> Base Jam again, uh, you know. It's Space know. Jam, but with LeBron. I, I don't think it's going to last. I think I was actually watching, there was, um, uh, I think it was John Oliver who actually commented on HBO Max and joked, because he's on HBO. Yeah. But why is HBO Max, what is HBO Max? Nobody knows what HBO Max is. Right. I was, when it first came out, I was so pissed off. Uh, I was just like, what, like, I'm, we've got one more. Great. One more streaming service. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm an idiot. How is because HBO Go became HBO Max, right? Correct. So or HBO Now or Go, one of the two. Whatever yeah. those was, that became the digital version of HBO. Correct. Correct. Okay. Now so, HBO yeah. Max also has stuff that HBO does not have. Mm-hmm. So like, um, what's the one? Uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. That's an HBO Max exclusive. Mm-hmm. So to Adam's point, I think what the idea is is you load up 2021 with a bunch of premium movies, you get people in and they see some of the stuff that you already, I don't think their shows have made enough noise yet, but if they're thinking yeah. if you can bring people in, they see, they watch their movie, then they start scrubbing through and they're like, well, what else is here? And then they see, Oh, Lovecraft country. Oh, uh, 
I, name outsider. another show that's on there. Sure, whatever. Like name yeah, like it, it, one of these other shows. Oh, now this show is kind of interesting to Perry Mason. You know, like all these other things. Like, oh, I'm into this now. I think they're hoping that they can hook people with the the limited amount that they currently have. That's mm. my guess, but yeah. All right, my daughter is Actually, knocking I mean, on like the wall that I share with her right now. She's just knock, knock, knock. Does like, she have an opinion on this? I was like, yeah, yeah, she wants to. Like, yeah. Because that's yeah. also something like I know it's not super exciting, but I, you also have access to all of the legacy HBO shows. Like, Absolutely. I mean, you've got and The movie. Sopranos, yeah. you've got, um, you know, Game of Thrones, you've got, you know, name it. I mean, all that stuff still exists there. So you can still check out that stuff. Now, granted, it's more of the what have you done for me lately? Of course, I don't know if they really have. I mean, I've, I, I have HBO Max. And so from my perspective, um, I I love the movie theaters. Like Justin knows this. I absolutely mm-hmm. adored going to the movies. Um, but oddly enough, kind of don't miss it either at the same side, which is weird to me because I it was, to me it was a very religious experience going there. Mm-hmm. But I found myself in the last couple of years being more annoyed by the people that are in the theater ruining my experience than I am like enjoying the movie itself. Now I did enjoy taking my daughter to the movies for the first couple of times because it's such a big deal. We go, we get some popcorn, get some treats. We sit down in these big comfy seats. We watch, you know, the lights go down, we get the big screen, the big music. And it's, it was really cool. It was a fun experience. But at the same time, some of these things, I agree. The catharsis that happens watching Endgame in the theater, never ever be able to top that. Like to me, like that was no, right. fucking amazing. Avengers, when he the said first assemble one. and Ugh. the theater lost their yeah, yeah. fucking collective minds. Yeah. It, it, women were impregnated unintentionally that day. The conception <laughs> right? that took place was amazing. Assemble. And then yeah, just, right? and that's I it. think you mean assemble. Right. <laughs> conception. And then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me nowadays, like I'm fine getting tenant and watching tenant on the TV. Yeah. I'm fine. And it, it, for me, I wasn't planning on going to see Wonder Woman in the theaters. So for me, this is a win. I'm like, I'll check it out. I'll watch it because I have access yeah. to it. Um, you know, Godzilla versus Khan. Not super interested, but hey, if it's on HBO Max and I have it, I'll check it out. You know, I'll probably see more of these movies than I typically would because for me, the time investment to to, to leave my house and go to a theater and do that is is it's it's high. That's that's a high cost for me right now to be able to do that. Whereas like I can watch it at home; it's available now. Cool. I'll just turn it on and I can just go. I don't have to go anywhere. So, as a consumer personally, I don't mind the deal. Um, you know, it, it seems way more uh, feasible to me because honestly, I don't know the next time I'm going to go to a theater. I, I, I'm really paranoid about that kind of stuff. Like right now where I'm like, I don't want to go into a dark building with a bunch of other gross strangers, you know, and just, you know, have to go through. I, I do like some I have seen a couple of things where theaters are renting out their spaces to groups so you can watch yeah. a new release. So it's like you can have up to 20 people. It's like 200 bucks or something like that. So if you just cut that, you know, price amongst 20 people, it's 10 bucks each. You all watch a brand new movie or I think it's like a hundred bucks for an older movie. You can rent it out. I'm like, that's a cool fee. That's a cool way to go about it if you want to do it. Um, But in general, like, I don't know, like as a consumer, I don't hate the deal. Um, For me, I'm like, yeah, it's convenient. 
kind of where but it's I a weird at. business. The way I feel like the way they're going about it is a weird business model because they're also releasing it in theaters as well. Yeah. So it feels like they're it feels like they're they're not committing to one way or the other because then you're giving people a choice. They don't have to so they don't have to pay fifteen thousand subscribe to go see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. They don't have to pay that monthly fee to see. You know, uh, I think what is it? What else is it? Dune and 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 uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I think there's only like two or three that I was like, oh, cool. And there's like a whole bunch of other ones. I'm like, I don't even know what those are. (laughs) So I mean, you 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 still have this the consumers who haven't committed to. Like I like HBO. I love all the shows. I I would I don't subscribe to HBO Max, but I would do it for for all the other shows and everything else they got on there. I but having Wonder Woman 1984 and having all these movies on there would that's not going to make the difference to me because I can oh, still go see them in the theaters if I want. To. Um, why why would why would I now commit to a monthly fee to see this one movie when I wasn't going to commit to the monthly fee already? I think what if they really wanted to do it, either go full in, lay all your cards on the table. And see if they're gonna, and just put it out on on HBO Max, and then obviously you got to deal with the whole issue of the filmmakers' problems, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Or put a pin in that. We're going to talk about just, that. Uh, yeah. Or just or or just you know put your uh, follow the same model that seemed to work for Netflix and Hulu and everything else, and just find you know find some serials that'll get people to watch. But that's just me. Would would you guys? I mean, th- but if they release one, let's say, sure, you don't have, um, you know, you don't have the desire to see some of the other. Uh, I can't remember some of the other titles, but some of the sh- the quote unquote shittier movies, the ones that you're like, hey, whatever. Um, you know, for fifteen bucks a month, you're getting the the collection of HBO. You're also get like if you were to go see Wonder Woman in the theater, like if you and your wife went. Right or you, your wife, and your kids went. You'd be easily spending, you know, forty to seventy-five bucks for parking and snacks and tickets and everything. Like, is fifteen dollars uh, a month not a much better deal? And you can have access to any of these new movies that you want coming out that year. I'm going to respond to that with something that's going to get me in trouble with my wife, and I she's not watching right now. Uh, it took me 38 years to get married. And so the question is, is like, do you want to continue to be single and go out to bars and roll your dice and see how you're doing it and see what happens? Or do you want to have guaranteed somebody that you can hang out with at a time and, and just can talk to about everything? And that's great. And, you know, it's kind of that same thing. It's the commitment. You're committing to a monthly fee every month, despite the fact that it might cost me way more this one instance. <laughs> For that fun, <laughs> knowing that I have the freedom of not not having to do that every month, I'm just that, that, that's going to keep me from it. I'm just waiting for the for something to fly right at your <laughs> head or something. Yeah, uh, that's a fair point. We brought that up before. Right. I mean, it was like the AMC Stubbs program or whatever it was, like the the movie yeah. pass. I was like, yeah. I don't want to. I couldn't justify paying a monthly fee for that because I'm like I'm I just physically am not going to go to the movies that much like it's just I, I don't have the time to physically go there but yeah you tell me I have to pay a monthly fee to for me to access stuff whenever I want you know and it's just there and there's just a plethora of things that are 
you know, they're constantly switching in and out movies and all that sort of stuff. Like I, uh, you know, that's definitely more reasonable to me than, you know, you need to see about three movies a month to make this worth it sort of situate situation. Right. So. And that all depends on who you are too. Cause like for yeah. Haig, oh. who's just, you know, he's got, got the disposable income. He's got no kids. He's got, you know, he's got his weekends free basically. So he would go on a Saturday, see two or three movies, maybe go back on a Sunday. And in one weekend that man, that pass is paid for itself. So yeah. that's totally, you know, like yeah. that, that works for someone like that, but for different people, like for you and your lifestyle, that deal wouldn't have worked. Whereas this deal might be a little bit more uh, intriguing for you or a little bit more attractive. Yeah. You, you talked to me question. six or seven years ago, I might feel a little bit different about it. You know, you now go. that I have right. a kid that's, you know, almost five. Right. My that's time's a little window. bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But so my question to you guys then is this, um, so we know where, where you both stand on, on just paying the monthly subscription. What if they did, uh, what if they go the route? So let's say 2021, they're like, come on in 15 bucks a month and you get the new films and you get our library and you get any new shows that we have and movies were rotating in and out like normal HBO style. But then 2022 comes along and they're like, great. Now that we've established that. And now that theaters are kind of a little bit more back to the norm, hypothetically, uh, they're going the Disney plus model where they're saying 15 bucks a month for HBO max any new movies that come on HBO max will be an additional $10. You buy a ticket to it or an additional 15. Would you guys, Adam, I think I know where you stand on that already. Doug, would, would that be something that you would abide by or obliged uh, to? I'd kind of take a look at it the same way. Like if this, if it, that model was now and it's like, Hey, Wonder yeah. Woman 1984 is coming out. I wouldn't buy it because I don't want to see it. So sure. simple as that. Like I would approach it. Like I would approach any other movie that was coming out. Like, uh, also depends on the price point, you know, like 30 bucks was a pretty big price point for Mulan to be like, okay. Yeah. It's like, now technically you own it forever, but I was like, that's an unfortunate movie for them to test that on too. Cause it didn't do very well, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, yeah. so I, for me, I think um, it was, I would probably approach it the same way. I think I would probably be, a, I don't know. It depends. Like I, I can wait that shit out. I'm the kind of guy that's like, dude, you got to play this game. If I'm not interested in it, I'm like, I'll wait till the steam sale a year from now and I'll get it for 25% of its original cost. I can wait. Like, right. I've, I've waited for movies to come out on. Like I've waited for all the, the most recent Harry Potter movies, you know, the fantastic beasts. I'm like, I'll wait till they're on a streaming device that I use and I'll watch it there. Like, I don't need to go see it right now. So um, I'd approach it the same way if they were like, oh, you need to pay extra. I'm like, eh, I'm good. And if I really want to see it, I'd like maybe I'd buy it. And if the price was too high, I'm like, that's probably worth it to go to the theater. Then if I feel like comfortable going to the theater, I'd go to the theater. That's kind of yeah. would be my approach. That's fair. Yeah. I feel like if I committed already to the subscription fee, I committed. It's not going to make me not it's not gonna be unsubscribe, but I don't know that I'd. Again, it would be a game time decision about depending on the movie, depending on it. Some I really want to watch, some I really can't wait for. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I, I've done it with you know some uh, some of the movies that have come out during the during the the vid. Do they call it the vid? The Rona. The the, the Rona. The demic. And they call you know, it the OV. Um, I think the demic works. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, if if I already committed, if I already made the decision to to subscribe. Yeah, I'm committed. It'll take me a lot to unsubscribe, but uh, yeah, I, I got a, I got a Disney Plus subscription, but I'm not buying the movie 
Especially. That's totally fair. I'd say, speaking of unsubscribing, uh, there's a lot of people in the film industry that are unsubscribing from Warner Brothers. In that, oh, uh, this they guy. Are, they, are, <laughs> they are not happy uh, with Warner Brothers. And I can empathize with them because they literally were like, they didn't tell anybody. They just announced it. And everyone was like, wait, 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 what? Agents, managers, directors. Uh, actors, producers, writers were all like, what? Uh, production companies were like, hold on. Wait, you're doing what? And they're like, it's going to be great, guys. Theaters, don't worry about it. Everyone's like, time out. What? what? Because everything's going to take a loss. Everything's going to take a loss. And they try to walk it back, I think, a little bit. They're like, it's only for 2021. But I think it's the idea, too, that I think they're really testing the waters, kind of like what Universal did early in the year with the Trolls movie. And that they're like, fuck it. Because like Adam said, they've got these movies they're just sitting on. They've got the supply and they've got to unload it somehow because it's going to lose its relevance pretty soon at some point in time. Like they had this set up for a certain period of time. So, but I think there has to be some level of communication and partnership. I mean, I know Legendary uh, Pictures is going to sue, I think, for some of this stuff because they're like, hey, yeah. We footed 75% of the bill to make this motherfucker. Like uh, we right. should have a say in how it's distributed, you know, like, right. They're pretty pissed off with, with some of, that a lot stuff. of those people. Yeah. A lot of those people are waiting for the back end deals to come through. And that's just, that's costing, you're talking some major, major potential dollars. Right. If you, if you had some of those yeah. guys that were making those Iron Man deals, right. Those Robert Downey Jr. deals, and you're looking for that back end points, and you're like, wait, right. wait, wait, what? You're not going to release this in theaters? It's like, because technically the contract doesn't cover streaming, so right, dirt, 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 dirt. Like it's that could also be a way for them to save money potentially as well. Especially when some of these when some of these movies are guaranteed to bring in a guaranteed to bring in over half a billion. Yeah, like you know, Wonder yeah. Woman is 100 percent going to be in the in the high. Uh, you know, the, the high, what is that? Nine figures. Yeah. Like it's, 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 you know, it's going to be up there. Like some of the other ones too, are just going to be, they're going to be massive, massive, massive numbers. They're putting up. They would be, if they were to be in the theaters nor in normal circumstances. So the, the returns on that for the production companies, for the actors, for the producers, for the director, anyone who's made those back end deals is just, they're getting decimated right now. Yeah. Well, I, and, and, you know, the, each of these movies is under a contract. This is, you know, they contract with producers, they come to contract with a distribution company. So Warner Brothers is going to contract. It says XYZ. And these contracts were all made well before the, anybody even knew the pandemic was coming around. Right. So they were made based on the old model of this is going to go into theaters. And I think they were even talking, uh, I read an article they were talking about uh, Gal Gadot's, uh, she's, getting, she's getting paid on the back end on box office receipts. Uh, obviously that's going to impact her legendary is going to be getting, getting paid on the box office receipts. That's going to impact them. But at the same time, you get the other argument with our, with WB. This is a lawyer hat on me. You got the argument with uh, Warner brothers is going to say, well, exactly what uh, Doug, what you were saying is that we've got these movies that are done that we have to get out. I mean, is, is anybody going to care about wonder woman and, you know, who knows how long the, the, the pandemic's going to last before the theaters can move out in the end, before people are comfortable going back in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they got to get it out. So uh, what I, I ultimately what I think is going to realistically happen is 
there's going to be litigation. Legendary will file a lawsuit. Um, it'll be in the public eye for a bit. Warner Brothers will, Warner Brothers and Legendary will come to a settlement. They'll figure it out. Um, and I probably think this is a little, it'll turn into some sort of a new kind of model that nobody saw coming, just like what happened way back in the day with Napster. Everybody thought it was going to destroy the music, in, the music industry, and then they kind of figured it out. Right. So I think probably argue they never quite uh, relapsed or they never quite rebounded from it. They're still reeling from it today. But I, I agree with you. I, I'm very much when it comes to this sort of stuff, like the whole thing that happened with the just like talked about this when Universal was doing this stuff with Trolls 2. I, part of me is like, you know what? Fuck these movie theaters. Like, and I love them. I do. But the idea that they have the stranglehold on how stuff can be distributed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, fuck yourself. Like, listen, right. If you're not staying up with the current trend of things, you're going to get left behind. That's just, that's just, that's a fact, man. Change. Like it's there in nature. It's part of capitalism. Capitalism is nature. There you go. No, but the point is that you, you can't just drag everyone down and be a burden because it hurts your, your business model. And that's kind of how I've seen some of these movie theater things is because again, personally, I'm like, I've always been curious to be like, I would love to see same day release in theaters be available to me at home because it's easy. It's easy for me to do that. And it's bad for movie theaters, right? I get that. But who's the consumer here? I am. Right. I selfish. No, Uh, but I I, I just look at it as I like seeing this trend bucked a little bit because I think, Mm -hmm. because I know some of it is like these movie theaters are trying to come up with their own streaming services, Right. So they can, whatever. I'm like, you guys are so far fucking behind. You guys are just not going to get caught up here. It's good. It's too late. Yeah. All right. It's, it's way too late. You're out of it. And I look at it as, you know, this is a great opportunity to experiment with some of this stuff. And unfortunately it could be the end of some of these movie theater companies. I don't know if some of these are going to ever recover from it, but at the same time, I'm like, let's look at our situation. It's the same thing with our work life, like balance, right? I haven't been to an office in months and I'm okay with that. And moving forward, that's kind of going to be my standard Whenever I'm in a job situation, I'm going to be like, so what's what's my ability to work from home? Because we all know we don't have to be at the office, right? right. So, like, if that's the new uh, baseline, then where do we go from there from a business standpoint? Like, we're all consuming stuff at home. And like you mentioned, too, Adam, AT&T owns all this sort of shit. So that's kind of a bad thing where they're like, well, let's jack up those Internet prices because, you know, we got to make the shareholders happy. We got to show growth. And this is the one way to do it. So that's the kind of spooky part of it. But. I, I kind of enjoy a little bit of disruption in that regard because I think we need to consider like, what are we doing? We, are we kind of just doing stuff because we've always done it and that's mm-hmm. kind of the way we go mm-hmm. about it. It's like, or can we be a little bit more innovative here? And yeah, I think people are going to get hurt in the process and that, and that sucks. I, I definitely feel bad for anything that happens, but also wh- where are we in this, in this frame of mind with technology and, and with people's lives and what they're actually asking for and can we adapt and maybe find a hybrid? Maybe it's not one or the other. Maybe we can find a new way to do it that benefits everybody. I don't know. Right. Well, I think if you look anytime new media has come around, like radio came out and then movies came out and they were like, oh, death of radio and radio stayed around, you know, in some form or the other. And then TV came out and everyone's like, who the fuck's going to want this in their house? Movies all day, you know, and then TV started getting real big and like, uh oh, but then movies stayed around. Radio was still there as well. And at the each time something like this comes out, it finds a way to carve out a a section for itself. It may dominate the market, but the things that came prior 
if they've been around long enough and if there's still there's a desire for them, they'll still be there. They may the viewership, like if you look at radio now, still around, but the numbers significantly less, but it's still yeah. here. So it's still limping along. So I think the movie, like movie theaters will never go away. They've ingrained themselves to a point where they will never go away, at least not in our lifetimes. Uh, but I do think that uh if if you look at the trends and try to fight it, it it's it's inevitable. It's it's like Thanos. I am inevitable. It's just going to come like Jared. Wait. Uh, fuck me, slutty. There it is. So it, the, it, it's, it's, you're, you're fighting a losing battle. If you're trying to say this technology, like, Oh, we're going to need to dig our heels in. And this is how we've always done it. You've already lost like this. The train has left the station on this one. There's no, there's no coming back from it. You've got to embrace, you've got to figure out how to pivot and, and, and how to, yeah, how to like they should have they when Netflix really started making a name for itself, these movie theaters should have already been figuring out how to do their own streaming services. They should have seen this coming. And they're 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 so far behind at this point. I mean, it's tough too because look at them last year. I mean, Disney made seven billion dollars at the box office. I mean mm-hmm. Sure. And, and, and honestly, I really liken it a lot to the music industry around the two thousands, right? Because CDs were king. But people were saying they wanted something like a downloadable service. And those right. those music companies looked into it and they're like, nah, we don't want to do it. Someone else did it because they realized the demand was there and it happened. This is a similar situation, a more legal situation where it wasn't like someone just goes, I'm going to do it for free. Fuck you guys. It's like pandemic happened. Everything changed. People can't go to the places to consume this content and they still right. want to consume the content. And you've already made the content. How are you going to deliver it? And that's where I think you're right. Like we are, this wasn't a one month thing or we just had to delay some stuff. We're back at it. We're still going, man. We're going to be coming up on a year anniversary here real soon. Right. Of, of this pandemic. And this has shifted things. It's changed things forever. You know, it's (laughs) so it's, well, and to your point about Disney though, like it, that's not something that Disney at the beginning of this year just went, you know what we need to do? We need to release Disney plus someone get on it. Like they've been working on this for quite some time. Like yeah. they had the foresight to this plan has been in motion for many years, you know, and in some stage or another. And it's like a movie, you know, like people are making movies 10 years prior to them actually coming out. The screenwriters starting to write the script and they're starting to talk. Oh, is their interest buzzing around Hollywood? Like, remember when um, uh, Live, Die, Repeats or uh, Edge of oh, Tomorrow yeah. came out? We, You and yeah. I, we got our hands on the script back in 20... 2012 or 2013? 2012, yeah. And then when did that movie actually end up coming out? Stand by. We're standing by. As we find this out. Really? 2014? It came out. Actually, I think I, I think I got it before that. I remember sharing it with you. I think, but it, it, the movie came out in 2014, right? And the script but, was. But yeah. the, that's when we got our hands on the script. So the yeah. script. So again, that's two years. The script probably took another year prior to that to write. So we're talking about three or four years of that thing being in production. And right? the script that we had was an incredibly old version of the script that was nothing like what ended right. up on screen. So yeah. So. And then what was the other one that just, there was something that recently came out where the filmmaker was talking about how it took them 10 years to get it to Chris Charles and his movie, uh, oh, the yes. Marchman. Uh, there you go. Right. Yeah. So that was 10 years to get, and that's not an uncommon story. 
where someone has Sorkin is talking uh, in the thing I'm watching with him. He's talking about stuff that he's like, oh, I wrote this. I had the idea for this. I started writing this, you know, five, 10 years ago, or even one of them that he was talking about was 15 years ago. And then I shelved it and then it got interest and then it sold to a studio, but they shelved it. Then another studio bought it more interest and then, and it bounces around. So these things take a lot of time to move down the pipe. So the fact that these streaming, these theater companies had not been working on a streaming service, they're fucked at this point. Like anyone who's well, yeah, got a streaming I, service coming out, it's been thought of. Yeah. And Wonder Woman 19, I mean, that's what, 26 years old. Like, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Talk was, about, they you know, should have gotten around to really editing that. You know who should have edited it? <laughs> Drew Dull. Drew Dull. He could have done that. He could have. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Who do we, who do we <laughs> write a letter to? I would have loved to have been on those phone calls. Been amazing. Seriously, you're not done yet. We filmed <laughs> Look, that. In the I 80s. know he's three. <laughs> all right, <laughs> uh, but amazing. eventually he'll be a good editor. Give him time. Give him time to grow as a human. Where's you know? the poop sound? As he tries to put in poop emoji. You know, pizza. <laughs> Yay, Wonder Woman. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it wins best sound design now. Right. <laughs> I don't know. He's a little rough around the edges, sir. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's hilarious. Jervis says the boys took so long that Simon Pegg went from being cast as Huey to being cast as Huey's dad. However, the boys comic was originally drawn based on Simon Pegg himself. So yeah. without oh, Simon really? Pegg's original consent, he originally, after he found it, he's like, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was written, you know, the comic yeah. itself. And then I think it was a nice nod to have him be in the series as Huey's dad. You know, look at how long the Sandman has been in development. I'm still right? hoping, like, man. Yeah. Still, I know that cool. is being done, but I'm like, boy, I, I won't hold my breath. But that'll be pretty right. cool when that gets made. I'm Again, not in our that. lifetimes, but I've got hope for Natalie. Yeah, right. Maybe. Yeah. Be like, <laughs> read these things. Dad wants you to read. That's boring. Right. Dad <sighs> care about this guy. Remember Morpheus. me. <laughs> Remember Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Dream about me. <laughs> Dream's kind of a dick, but he means well. He's married to he's, his job. Don't be like Dream. He's, he's learning. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think that we're, we are setting ourselves up for a shift. The other thing is, like, I know they're doing the, the day and date model now, but, like, if they start to shift it to where things are just coming out on streaming, like Netflix wanted to do, then we're going to have to look at award shows and things too. And we're going to have like the whole industry is going to have to start looking at taking things that come out on streaming services more uh, as, with more weight behind them. They just are. Yeah. Cause that's where things are moving. Yeah, the Oscars are going to be real interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause I, right. I mean, that's where stuff is, is come out. I mean, it's, and it's, it's again, talking about bucking traditions. It's like, it needs to have a theater release. It's like, fuck you. Why? Let's, let's get past that. All right. Like, yeah. Let's move on. Can we also move past the, part, the the fact of like technically the actor wasn't on the screen; they were hidden in a robot. So that technically doesn't make them eligible for best actor. It's like what world are we living in? Like that's literally someone is there. It's like technically Andy Circus wasn't there. That's it was CGI'd in. It's like fuck off. Like you guys are so up your own asses. Like I want to know how do we go about getting six months in. Uh, 20. Oh, fuck, I just lost it. Six 63. months, 
Thank you. 2063. There's too many numbers. Doug knows my relationship with numbers. There's five numbers, Justin. Six months out, okay? Six months is enough. Good. I'm glad we've learned that anything over four numbers is tough for Justin. So good thing pin numbers are only four numbers or he would just never, never do well. Nope. (laughs) My birthday. Forget it. Um, I don't even know. I I just pick a new day every year. Right. I'm somewhere between seven and 10,000. Um, <laughs> let's try January this year. Let's just see what it feels like to have my Monday. birthday here. You know, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was born on a Monday. Um, yeah. No, I like, how do we go about getting that film uh, up, up for an Oscar? Cause uh, you know, I think it now meets qualifications. So can, can we research that? Cause I would love to see it up for best short. I, uh, I am currently sending lots of nudes to the, uh, the Academy. I'm hoping I feel, like that's a, I feel like that's a good campaign strategy. That's the start. That's that's step one. Step two. Step three. Oscar. <laughs> can we can we get if we can with our audience, uh, can you please try to get hashtag twenty sixty three Oscars trending? And people are going to f- have no idea what that they're going to go. Wait, the Oscars in tw- like 50 yeah. years from now? What is that? What? How? Yeah. I love the idea of like <laughs> unintended consequences from hashtags and stuff like that. Just the, the, just the hilarious stuff that comes from it. Where, especially if it's a brand doing it, that's like, we got this cool hashtag. It's like, wait, you fail, man. You fail. think about that. Think it through. Yeah. 2063 Oscars. <laughs> I don't even know what's going to come out in the next five years. I mean, like, is this something that's been buried in a vault or something? And we're just right. like going to dig it out. Like what's happening? <laughs> is this here? that, is this that hundred year film that, uh, what's his face did? Oh we yeah. talked about the Louis the 13th film. Oh yeah. It was like John Malkovich. Was it, uh, Robert Rodriguez? It was, it was John Malkovich mate. Might've been Robert Rodriguez. It was definitely John Malkovich though. Yeah. Yeah. In a movie that'll be released in early 2100s. Yeah. Is the soundtrack going to be that one Wu Tang album that What's His Face bit on that nobody oh, else can listen to? Right. Uh, Justin Shkreli. Justin, I'm a douchebag and I hope I rot in hell. That guy, yeah. Yeah. Asshole. What was his name? Uh, I don't know. Scaramucci I think or some it was Justin bullshit. Sh- I don't know how to pronounce it. That was a name. Yeah. Okay. Shkreli. Martin Shkreli. Martin, yeah. Someone said in the, yeah. There's also someone else did a, a record of the same thing and it was made it was it was made like on clay or something and then put into a it was put into a vault that if global warming if we start to stop it it was basically wasn't it put into a place yeah. where water will rise if global warming continues to happen yeah. it will wreck the record or something Yeah I I want to say I want to say it was Pharrell Williams Yes you are correct yeah, that w- yeah, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Glad that's what we're trying to save and see what happens, you know? Hashtag Pharrell Clay album. <laughs> Hashtag 2063 after. Hashtag hope this <laughs> shit still works in 2100. <laughs> There's a, I, you know what? I don't have a good segue for it. Ladies and gentlemen, the silky sound of text means that it's time for the throwdown. Today's throwdown 
Adam, this is in honor of you, buddy. This is 100% in honor of you. Doug, you ready? Yes. All right. So today's throwdown is... Hugh from the James Bond franchise versus Alfred Pennyworth. Pennywise the third from Batman. (laughs) So Hugh from the James Bond franchise versus Alfred from the Batman franchise. Adam, you're a Bond head and you're a Batman fiend. So I am. I, I am a dork on both. I would like you to uh, to kick us off with this old white man versus old white man, both British, British, both British, both trained by British Secret Service and British uh, intelligence. Okay, this is starting to shape up. Yeah. Um, I feel like it is an unfair comparison. Yes, they are both British and yes, they both are kind of in the background to some very, you know, stylized and very badass action heroes. However, see Alfred Pennyworth, he's got some martial arts training. He actually, nobody, people don't really remember. He actually beat up Superman in injustice gods among us. Um, he took a nanotech pill that gave him superpowers after Superman had beat the crap out of Batman and headbutted Superman and then kicked him and kicked his butt. Alfred has had his moment. Um, but you know, when you summarize comics like that, it just makes me just wonder what we're doing with our world. It makes me hate nerdum. I I have glasses. I'm married. A woman (laughs) said yes. Um, hold on. Let me put my glasses on to a real person. To a real person, yes, she's uh, she's not a robot from Japan. Um, she's not one of Doug's so, fuckbots. <laughs> no? I wished upon a fairy godmother, and now she's a real girl. So I, but Q, on the other hand, though Q, Q did not headbutt <laughs> Superman in the face. So Q has not, to my knowledge, has not come out with some real actual action sequences where he can show his physical prowess. However. Alfred has done some of uh, some of the work on some of uh, Batman tech. Q is the soul guy. Yeah, he's got his, he's got the, the British intelligence. He's got MI six working behind him. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I feel like all those all those all that stuff is that, that's Q's. Q gets credit for all those Bond tech. So if you're looking at tech, Q is the guy. If you're looking at otherwise general support, I go for go. I'll go with Alfred. Who do I want to have lunch with? Who do I want to have drinks with? Q. Q is awesome. Q also, also taught James Bond how to slay. So. Yeah. And uh, in Diamonds, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, Q uh, can show that he can hack a, a, a slot machine. So go to a casino with Q. Doug, where are you at? This picture of Q on this Wikipedia thing is really bad. Uh, it's an old man leaning against a tree <laughs> holding two guns. It looks like he's really uncomfortable, and he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Kind of how I'm getting. Which Q was it? Is uh, it that was uh, That's Q, Desmond. Uh, Desmond Llewellyn. Ah. He's like, I don't, ah. I don't want to do this. Um I mean, if my I go right to, hand can hold the gun higher than my left hand, uh, I have to hold both of them. Why? This is incredibly inaccurate. No one would ever do this. <laughs> um, according my to, tree. <laughs> according to fandom.com, uh, Alfred Pennyworth's abilities are medical training, and that's it. 
So um, I think that's. Uh, <laughs> you can make so, a I don't know, man. I mean, he, he can he can stitch up a wound like a boss, and he, can, he knows where the, where the ice packs are. You know, the, so he when has Desmond a good ice. Llewellyn, when when Desmond Llewellyn kind of slightly grazes him in the arm after he misfires from holding two guns, he can quickly patch himself up. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got a couple comments in the in the chat here. Uh, someone goes, "Is this uh, comics, Alfred?" Because comics, Alfred is basically a vigilante who fights grime instead of crime. And uh, let's see here. That is the greatest thing I've heard. Uh, Slotty says, "Who would know better how to use uh, that tech than the creator?" So I think Q has a clear advantage with ranged weaponry. Etoy says Q was there a couple of times when MI6 was under attack and was useless. He was an inventor. Um, or the guy who fucking raised Batman. <laughs> so here's, let's do this. Let's let's put Alfred wanders in on, uh, Batman has to go on vacation to special assignment. Batman has to go on special Batman's assignment. Batman's going up to the farm. He's going up to the farm. He's, he's going on special assignment in London. Therefore, Bruce Wayne has to be vacationing over there as well. Alfred comes along and happens to wander into Q's lab. It's after hours. Q's working late, and uh, Alfred this, thinks he stumbled is this upon a plot for a recipe for seduction too. Yes, <laughs> and then they fuck. And then Earl Gray's <laughs> over there, and he's like, "I put my dick in Wes." <laughs> so we'll get to the uh, butt in a second. That's right. And then Alfred walks in and goes, "Be on me, Daddy." So <laughs> I, th- and then, you know, obviously the fuck song comes on and then it's just off to the races. That is a hell of, and then when they're done, they're giving each other notes. You know, Alfred just goes, people can't get enough gobby, you know, just making a general <laughs> note. And then the two old men just fart. <laughs> just- the end. We, yay. And there was a twink in there that was just like, God, that looks so gross and phallic, you know? Yep. And then they move on. Well, I think we've used everything at this point, so good. I'm pretty sure that we're, yeah, the only thing I don't have is the crickets, so we'll, we'll save that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I say, I say uh, Alfred wanders into Q's lab, and there is bad blood. Uh, maybe um, uh, one stole another's flame back in the day when they went to boarding school together, and this is it. This is the time. So, Q's in his lab, but Alfred is the guy who raised Batman and has his training. So that's, I think, that's where we're at, I think. I think I got to give Q. Q's Q's in his lab. He's got access to the stuff that he built. That's a significant advantage, that's for sure. I would also argue, though, that Alfred being kind of Batman's tech guy, too, because he's seen helping Batman with all of his stuff, is that he could probably grab something on the lab and be pretty adept at just figuring it out really quickly. Alfred's got skills when it comes to technology too. According to the fandom, you know, unless it's a scalpel or, uh, you know, some bandages, not really going to help him. Not to mention that a lot of Q stuff is pretty intricate. Like, you know, you got to click the button once and it's armed and then they click it once and it's disarmed, you know, and the guy's like, click, click, and then click. And it's like, how do you know that shit unless you're Q, you know? That's fair. That's yeah. very fair. Yeah. Only thing I remember from Goldeneye. <laughs> okay. So if we're just on the street, then mm-hmm. is that a more fair fight or is that now too slanted towards Alfred? Alfred gets it on the street. 
Q gets it in his lab. And Adam gets it in the sheet. <laughs> I'm talking about Alfred gets it in the streets. Adam gets it in the sheets. Welcome to Mind Gap After Dark. We're talking Adam, Adam gets it in the sheets, baby. Uh, I'm just trying to find a place where they're evenly matched, you know? Um, I think they're at the sizzler for a blue light special dinner, uh, blue plate special. I don't know what it is. <laughs> they're I, at I, the I, Cracker I, Barrel. <laughs> then you seem like Cracker Barrel, guys. Oh, look at right? this quaint American cuisine. Let's give it a try. Mm, yes. I'll have a biscuit. <laughs> I'll have some chicken fried steak. What do you mean it's not chicken? This is strange. And then Mario Lopez <laughs> walks in and says, try this chicken. He's yeah. like, I'm the new chef. My name's Colonel Sanders. Yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> focus, focus. Um, I'll sum it up like this, please. Q probably has a gadget that no one else can be prepared for that will give him an advantage, whether it's defensive or offensive. I think that gives him a significant advantage. While I think Alfred obviously has some training and some expertise, I think Q's gadgetry because. It, there's one thing we know about Bond most of the time. It's dealing with some sort of crazy gadget that's going to get them in or out of trouble. So, sure. and that's stuff that Q has designed because he is the quartermaster. So I feel like that gives him a significant advantage. You know, if it goes straight to fisticuffs, I'm going to give it to Alfred because I think sure. Alfred knows his way around that way better than Q. But I think unless something significantly goes wrong with his gadgetry, it's just, I don't think... I don't think you can really do much if someone's like EMP device. I wasn't expecting that. You know, it just happens and he sets it off. Or as Slotty says, you know, he has a pair of shoes they normal airs that are hiding submachine guns, you know, so it's just like, you know, whatever. It's it's just he has the element of surprise regardless. I think he has something available that would give him a significant advantage. That's a solid argument. My catheter spits acid. <laughs> 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 so are we are we saying what i think we're saying yeah my mind's saying q but my heart says alfred my dick says let's finish this up all right so i think we're all in agreement we're doing q for the win congratulations quartermaster mm, yes. that was a solid analysis Doug. that was a very solid analysis <laughs> thanks i'm glad i could help with that this was so much fun, Adam. Thanks so much for coming back and hanging out and shooting the shit with us. This was great. No, I love this. Yeah, I love you guys. You're great. You guys got you guys put a great thing together. A little podcast is fantastic. Thank he you. loves us. Thank you. Oh my god. I do. Oh, I do. Oh my gosh. Well, with that being said, we are going to allow you to promote anything you'd like to right now. Since you said you loved us, if you want your social media stuff, post. You can post it right here verbally. Say it if you got anything you want people to check out of your own, anything you'd recommend, TV, movie, book, game-wise, the floor is yours, sir, whatever you'd like to put yeah. or recommend. Check out, please go check out The Quarantine Files. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can check it out. The Quarantine Files is made uh, in conjunction with my production company, Smooth Entertainment, and our good friends over here with Justin Strandland and Drew Dull. It is a fantastic Fun little thing. Go check it out. A great little web series. We've got what eight episodes? Eight. No, yep. I forgot. Eight episodes. Correct. Yeah, um, it's great with our good friends too at Two East Eight Productions. Uh, you can also go check out the trailer for Six Months in Twenty Sixty Three. The movie itself is still 
private because it's on the, on the festival circuit, but the trailer is available on YouTube. Go check it out. Awesome. Uh, anyway, Boom. do you want people to know you how to follow you on social media or anything like that? Yeah, go check me out and go check out my production company, Smooth Entertainment. We are on Twitter, Smooth Entertain One. I got to type that two, out. For two, you, but not one, two. Two. Smooth Entertain Two, the number two. S M O O S E E N T E R T A I, the number two on, uh, on Twitter. Thank you. Very intuitive. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Yeah, look me up. Uh, Adam Smith on Facebook. Adam. And uh, entertainment on Facebook for there. I don't know. I'm old. I'm almost 40. It's Whatever. all good. It's all good. <laughs> Find all me love. on MySpace. <laughs> it's all love, bruv. That's what they say. Uh, Justin, what you got? Uh, Big Mouth Season 4 is out, and I highly suggest you go watch it because uh, if you've been a fan of the first three seasons, you will absolutely be a fan of Season 4. Uh, I've been trying to get Doug to jump back into it because anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much Doug loves... <laughs> And there is a episode, episode three, titled Poop Madness. And it is, I'm pretty sure that the writers got together in the writer's room and said, all right, guys, I heard this podcast. We need to write an episode for Doug Cochran. What do we do? And this is what came out of that writer's room. Can't wait. So please go watch that. Uh, also, uh, Quarantine Files, for sure. Go check that out. Doug, what do you got? Here's what I'll say. Um, I found this band called Free Throw. And they have this song called The Corner's Dilemma, and it is a phenomenal song. It's if I have to put it into a genre, it's I think it falls in the math rock genre. It's similar to bands like uh, Tiny Moving Parts. Uh, it's really good. It's a really cool song. It's essentially about having social anxiety in situations. The guy sings about being at a party and being so like uncomfortable. He tries to go outside. There's more people out there. He feels like he can't breathe, so he starts drinking, and that's kind of his life, and that's how his body is. He, he does a fantastic job of describing what's happening. He's like, now's the time where my mind decides to get existential. It starts talking about how your body's just a rental. And he's just like, oh, wow. why now? I'm in this social situation. It's like something, for some reason, it really hit home, where he's like, I want to be anyone, anything else but me right now. I just don't right. like being this. So it's, it's a phenomenal song. Again, it's called free throw. The band's free throw. The song's called the corners dilemma. Check it out. They're a cool band. I really like their stuff. It's, it's, it's really cool. Highly recommend it. Okay. In addition to that, please, everyone, please, please, please don't forget to follow mind gap on all our social medias on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, uh, find us on YouTube as well. Uh, like, and subscribe, like our videos, subscribe to our channel. We post full episodes there as well as highlights from the show and our Twitch streams. Also, please, uh, drop us a, a follow on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash mind gap podcast. We're so dangerously close to a hundred followers and you know, it's be a nice milestone to hit. I think we're like three away. Two or three yeah. away. Let's so do it. Let's get us there. Get us to that hundred. For so our first year, really, you know, in the pandemic, getting hundred followers, that'd be cool. And also, just come hang out with us every Saturday night, eight PM Central. Uh, we do our video game live streams. We also live stream our podcast episode recordings, so you could be part of these cool people like Jervis and Slotty and E207, and hang out with us while we record it. Those are on Tuesdays at eight PM Central. twitchtv podcast. So come hang out, Justin. People can find you somewhere too, right? That's true. If you go to the old Instagrams and Twitters, you can find me at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on Spotify and Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, all the places where you can find and consume the podcast. 
Go ahead and review us, rate us, uh, subscribe, share us around, all those things. Big one is sharing. Just copy the link, share it out to your social network, and uh, let people know that you think we're worthwhile because it makes us feel good and it helps save the polar bears. You can also find us at 2eastaith.com slash mindgap. And then just keep an eye on all 2east8th's stuff. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and have to eat crow just a little bit because I'm not 100% sure Sid Penrose is going to be done by the end of the year. But you just, you've got to understand it's shit outside of our control. You wouldn't believe me if I told you, but you just, if you if you love me, you have to trust me. It's coming you. soon, just like Jared comes in slotty. Uh, fuck me, slotty. So just trust me. Just hang in there, man. Just I'm pretty sure that's a line from Mario Lopez, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. It's from that new show coming out at that's... noon on December 13th. <laughs> oh, because that's what we need. You need the time. Uh, right. Once again, uh, Adam, thanks so much for hanging out. It's an absolute pleasure. And of course, you know, uh, you're always welcome back. You're a delight. And uh, I'm so happy again for your success uh, with your short film. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's always fun. I love you guys. This is a blast. <laughs> and Justin, you. I want to say thank you to you as well. Doug, I want to accept that thank you. And I want to extend a thank you back to you. Oh, and that's kind. And what I like to do is accept that thank you. And then also pass that along to our Twitch followers and our Twitch chat. Thank you. And then I'm going to borrow that thank you from them, and I'm going to go ahead and round it out and give it to the listeners. Listeners, as always, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.